Alrighty, Creedcast, round one review is coming at you here. Uh, it's going to be a nice happy one because we had a good win. We're top of the table again. Uh, so it'll be a nice little review here talking about Port winning against the Kangaroos in Melbourne by 52 points. Uh, just a quick mention before we get into the round one review, uh, check out our merch on the creed1870.com slash merch. Uh, there's stickers, buttons, um, stubby holder there and, and some magnets uh, to deck out your fridge or you know your laptop or whatever you want with stickers and, and your scarves for the games we've got the first game day coming up so we're going to get some orders in and we'll get them out to you as soon as we can and um, yeah um, so that's all available there uh, the creed1870.com slash merch but let's get into the review and I'm so glad to be able to be, be playing this song for the first time of hopefully many times uh, this season let's get into it season exactly what everyone was hoping and expecting um but as we saw uh, this weekend just gone um expectations and reality can be two very different things and uh as we went into sunday um i think a lot of us went in with a little bit of tre- a lot of lot of confidence but that just that small moment that the small little bit of trepidation as we'd seen the results on saturday it was a really crazy opening weekend of afl and and um, of the AFL men's competition is something that we like. Um, it was really exciting as a neutral, you know, as a neutral watching the other games. Or I guess are we ever really neutrals when it comes to our other teams. We're always like watching games and, and expecting results going one way or the other. You know, usually we're watching Crows games and just ho- and hoping for a laugh, really. And um, they didn't give us that, but in a way, it was almost um, it was a laugh the other way because we were thinking, oh, what the fuck's wrong with Geelong? But um, yeah, and we saw, you know, Brisbane go down up in Brisbane against Sydney and it was like, bloody hell, what's going on here? And, um, you know, you just, the, I think a lot of us, um, I saw a lot on the, on Twitter and I, we said it ourselves from our, the Creed account, um, that it was, it, it is a timely reminder of the, of what you actually have to do on game day, um, when you cross that white line to get the job done. And I did, I talked a bit about that and that was the main kind of, thesis of my uh, quick review uh, preview I did on um, Sunday morning it was the only chance I got the rest of the season I'll be looking to get them out at least um, you know between 36 to 48 hours before is, is the, the range I'm looking for um, um, I do have a day job because this is um, a passion project but um, uh, that, 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 that is the plan I'm sinking a lot of time into making sure that happens so and I'm really excited for it but yes my preview this week was about, uh, I think I recorded it around 6am Sunday morning, so probably released about five hours before kick. Um, but a few people have listened and I appreciate that, so thank you for that. Um, but yeah, that was really a thesis of that. I, I titled it A Call to Arms uh, for my round one preview and that was really, um, I was, it was kind of good that I ended up doing it so late in the in, late in the piece as far as it's, um, it's uh, time before the game because it gave me the gave me kind of a a, round, a rounded reason to kind of give the the preview podcast because I didn't really know what to do because I'd already done the season preview and really all we wanted to do was see how we actually looked in our first AFL game and um and I didn't really know what else to do as a preview because it was like well we expect to beat North Melbourne but what 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 can we talk about here as far as 
what we should be worried about. And it was just um, understanding that a team that has nothing to lose um, and everything to gain from just putting in a gutsy performance might just do that and might just do what Adelaide did to uh, Geelong on uh, Saturday, which was really uh, one of the one of the great early early you know round one upsets we've seen in in many a year. As far as um, again the expectation versus reality, you know it's Adelaide. You know we're tipped as a wooden spooner now. I'm wondering where people are starting to reevaluate that, or is or have, have people over evaluated Geelong? But either way, um, it was a it was a great um, warning as to what happens when a team plays really who can make up a skill deficiency by just playing good, tough, heart, heart to, like heartfelt footy. And it was really, um, I have no qualms in um, giving, you know, I don't have much, <laughs> I have no respect for Adelaide as a franchise as far as how they got in. It's about, the, you know, the players on the field, you know, I've got to respect the effort they gave and um, and what they did and what that coaching group was able to get together because it was a really rough year. And but there were signs of what they were doing towards the end of last year and Geelong should have probably picked up on that. Um and that's that's to Adelaide's credit and Geelong's discredit. They were just not prepared, and you could see that. Um, you could see how shell shocked Geelong were as as Crows were piling piling on the goals. And I was watching that um, that game on Saturday and just thinking, we can't let this happen to us because it's it's very easy in sports um, to just take if you if you go in with just at ninety eight percent rather than one hundred percent ready, um, particularly against a an opponent, opponent you're expecting to beat, um, and the expectation is on you to beat them. Um, it can be really uh, that can be where that, that and when it snowballs like it did for again Geelong against the uh, Geelong against the Crows, um, it can snowball quickly and and shit can get ahead of you real quickly before you even had a chance to a chance to turn around and and see how far past they've gone. And um, and that was the wor- that is the worry um, when you're going into a matchup against a side that is in very similar position as far as their preseason predictions for North Melbourne were but you know they've got young they've had they had some young draft picks I think it was Tom Powell I think his name was who played um had a good little start on um on Sunday and kind of dictated a little bit of that energy and uh we had to we had to absorb we had to absorb that um that energy and that enthusiasm from a team uh like North Melbourne that again their skill deficiency is far is is there's a great gap in skills between where we are at with our elite side and 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 our depth and the fact that we had Tom Rockliffe as our twenty third man, like he he you know he'd be he's walking into pretty much every other AFL side almost, but um he was our twenty third man and and it's just you know it's matchups and 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 rotations and and as well as the fact that Hinkley loves getting his young guys into the squad if they've earned the earned the call which I love, um, but. Yeah, it's just that the skill deficiency is just uh, a skill discrepancy between the two sides is huge. So, how do you make that up? Well, it's 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 playing hard, tough footy and and just sticking to fundamentals. All the cliches that that coaches for eons have been uh, have been uh, you know just talking about all those years, and and every every kid that's played footy has heard the same things, you know. Go, you know, head over the ball, get tough at the footy, and, and and you'll make things happen. And that's what you've got to do when you're a team that's got that skill discrepancy. Is do that, and you know, North Melbourne did that to us at the start, and that was what we had to deal with. And that the first quarter was was rough. Um, there's no other way to put put it. Um, there was, there was <laughs> the umpiring was wasn't the best either. But you've still got to, you know, um, that and that does compound the issue. But the fact was that. Um, North Melbourne were coming hard and 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 making us work for the footy and that's that is a good thing um, for us to be able to kind of get that first taste of because the the pre the preseason matches 
um, you know, the trial match and then the actual Amy Community Series match had been relative walkovers over the Crows, which is, again, amazing considering how well they've they've come up for their round one match against Geelong. Um, but we hadn't had a, a real sustained period of hard AFL pressure since last year, I guess, and, you know, in that prelim. So um, that's what we had to contend with in, ra- in, in quarter one against the Roos. And, and to their credit, they were they were good. They were, t- they, they, they were, they were scrappy. Um, <laughs> it's kind of like kangaroo's footy, you know, that, that kangaroo's footy that we've known from the past is like, you know, they make up, they make up for a lot of, um, you know, their deficiencies in just being hard t- and tough at the footy. And um, it, it's a good sign for a young side that they were able to hang there for a bit. But, um, yeah, that first quarter really was a, a, a story of um, Port absorbing punches. And as all of the punches we did, um, we absorbed them and like a like in a, it's kind of like in a prize fight, you know, you can have a you can have a um a a, a fighter that's um well and well you know well favored against another another fighter, but that other fighter's still going to land punches. They're not going to you're not you're not ever going to come out clean, you know, rarely unless it's you know it's you know MMA and they get those first those crazy first ten second knockouts or whatever. But generally, you know, in a, a proper you know a nice boxing fight, you're going to the other guy's always going to land some punches, and and but the better fighter kind of has a game plan around that and wear, wear them down and take absorb the punches. And what was impressive to see is that we did we got hit, but then we hit back twice as hard, or triple hard, or it was three, four, five times, six, seven, eight goals in a row harder than them, and that is what we want to see. And that was a great kind of that was the the response you want to see when you're in that situation is. How do you um, let you... And the thing was that, yes, that first quarter wasn't going well in the sense that we weren't get putting the scoreboard pressure on. We were tied up with them. And even, um, I think it was 10 minutes and one seconds left on the clock, um, on the TV clock, in that first quarter when Todd Marshall took that mark where he, he was on the borderline of pushing in the back. But, hey, if they don't call it, you just got to gotta play, <laughs> play the whistle. Um so 10 minutes and one second left in the quarter at the time that Todd Marshall took that mark and then kicked the goal. We were four points up. So you've got halfway through the second quarter and we've still only got out to a four-point advantage. And then in that next 10 minutes and by the time that halftime siren goes, we're 40 points up. So you've, you've, <laughs> you've gone 10 times where you're at at the halfway point of that second quarter is an absolutely unreal um, barrage of scoring to to hit the opposition with. And that's exactly what a good team does. You absorb it. And that's the thing that, like, you saw um, the other teams that were in those positions and struggled on the weekend. You're uh, your Geelongs and you're... Um, I just haven't seen the how the Sydney and Brisbane game went down. But when the pressure was on, um, those teams against, you know... And Sydney and Brisbane, where their discrepancy is, and Brisbane should be a pretty good side, but... Um, but certainly Geelong and Adelaide, that was the one of the, the one of the biggest um, tipping differences. I think it was nine and a half percent to one percent, the same as uh, Port Adelaide and North Melbourne was. Um, they Geelong genuinely just got they got fumbly, they got stumbly, they got they were shell shocked, they were kind of hands that they were on their heels rather than on their toes, and you could see that, and you could see that North Melbourne were really um, on the front foot um, trying to trying to take the game to Port. But what Port did was they didn't they didn't break from there was a, there was a lot of belief in the structure in the team and and what they could do they knew that as long as they absorbed what North Melbourne were bringing in those first um, I guess you could say the first thirty minutes of the game that there was going to be the chance to hit back and hit back hard and even in the first quarter um, I think it's one of my I've got three 
kind of plays of the day as far as attacking it because I couldn't pick one. Um, I was just so excited by some of the different things we were doing. But one of my plays of the day, which you um, I'll play here, um, is that um, end-to-end goal in the first quarter. Starts with Bergman in the back line. He, he moves it forward and then ends up getting a kick receive and then handles off um, about ha- almost halfway towards the, the, you know, between halfback and the wing. And then it continues down to Robbie Gray taking a mark and then uh, Robbie being, um, having a mind that works. Um, you know, it's it's alien how quickly he can he works. He took the mark and turned around and quickly saw Boke in the goal square and or near the goal square and um, kicked one to him that Boke was able to take on the take on the bounce and and finish off. And it was just that quick. And you could see that that kind of with our structures and everything we were doing, even though it wasn't coming together exactly uh, straight away in that first quarter and there was a bit of rust and people getting used to things. That that they there was the belief that the opportunities were going to come, and that's what happened from that ten minute and one second mark when Marshall took that mark was we went on that goal scoring barrage that um, frankly should be a, is going to be a worry to a lot of teams that are going to be watching tape and and Essendon this week is, is the first one we'll get into preview for that later in the week, but um, that kind of movement and and the and the structure and how well everyone moved and everyone knew their kind of role in that kind of that system and, and just the belief that in port to, to drive the ball forward at all costs and, and and move forward in waves and and that, that goal was just that that goal was just beautiful to watch. And that's and an end to end flowing move is kind of one of the things that they're trying to get going in the in the with these rule changes that they're doing again. So really beautiful to see and I I just can't stop watching it. Bergman in his first game for Port Adelaide hands it up to Amon to Bonner, to Modlock, back to Bergman, second season at the club, first AFL game, back to Amon, Bonner again, second possession in this string and it's a perfect second possession to Robbie Gray, who wastes no time, saw the opening, boat full forward, pocket their second. So speaking of Travis Boak, the the man wants to play till he's forty, and he probably will at this stage. The way he's gone, um, apart from little little knocks to the knee and a bit of carry on, as he said at the end of the game. But bloody hell, what? Now this is another a factor in this in this run that we had um, in that second quarter, where we went from four points to forty points and um, faster than a DeLorean um, hitting hitting eighty eight miles an hour. Um, we, I mean, there must have been some space-time continuum stuff going on. There must have been a black hole developing as that barrage was happening. I don't know. The universe shifted a little bit as Port Adelaide did what they did in those ten minutes. Just, um, I love, I love that kind of footy. It just, it's life-changing stuff. Anyway, but Boke, back to Boke. Um, there's not not much more you can say about him. I think, I, I think I've heard heard. If I had a dollar for every time um, I heard Boke's aging like a fine wine, I would be able to buy some very fine wines, and I'd be very, I'm very happy to keep hearing it too because um, he is absolutely. He is a star. He um, obviously had one of his probably the best season he's had at the age of thirty-two last year, and, and he's rolled back into rolled back into this year just um, uncorking uncorking an even better vintage to keep the wine wine cliches going. But um, what was great about his little run um, in that second quarter when the heat's on, um, you know, because players can get um, despite you know when players get 50 to you know when you get your Tom Mitchells and stuff and a few years ago getting like their 50 disposal games and all that kind of stuff look that's that, that is incredible um and Boke at one point was probably on on track for that but um with the knock he got and spending and being able to and being able to take the last quarter off essentially you know he ended up with 26 I think for the day but the fact that he was up at around uh, 
uh, 16 to 20. I can't remember what it's halftime. But the thing was, he got a bunch of clearances. He's on track to break his, re- the, the, his, his, his personal record for clearances in a game with, with his second quarter. And the great thing with players like Boke is, um, and while I was mentioning what are the people who get 50 disposals, but his disposals in that moment were so much more valuable because of when they happened. You know, he was in, he was in the heat of the game when the game was there to be won because we essentially won that game by the end of the uh, halftime, 40 points up. The Kangaroos were going to come. They had their little punches. They got a couple of goals in a row at one point in the third or the fourth. I think in the fourth quarter, they got a couple of goals in a row and then we got one back and it was just goal for goal almost at one point. But the the fact was that we won the game in that second quarter. And when the game's there to be won is when you when you want you guys to stand up and Boke stand, stood up in that moment. Um, and a lot of guys did. You know, I'll get to Fantasia's um, great debut performance in a moment. But it's um, a, such a testament to his his abilities as a player and how lucky we are that we've actually, um, you know, we worked through whatever we were doing a couple of years ago with him, trying to trying him on the half-forward line and, and kind of, you know, doing a um, managed decline, like um, a weird, <laughs> weirdly, like... You know, Margaret Thatcher tried to do the to the city of Liverpool that that crotchety bitch. But um, what we were what we we're doing with Boke a few years ago just didn't make much sense. But the fact that we've gotten a, gotten gotten back to where we're going uh, with him and and playing him where he wants to be played and where he, where he's obviously the most u- useful and and special in his talent and his tenacity and his fitness and everything he's doing to take care of himself is bef- benefiting us in these moments because he is. Hardened, a veteran, he knows the game. He can see it. He can probably see it un- unfolding before a lot of other players can. Um, and he was able to use all of that that he has within him, both his body and his and his mental um, mental calmness for the game in that moment when when North Melbourne were just starting to when they just backed off a little bit and Boke was there to pounce along with everyone else and and his role in getting us to that 40 point lead at halftime was uh, he was man of the he was best on ground by halftime and I don't think anyway could have Fantasia could have gone on and kicked uh, maybe if maybe if Orazio had gone on to kick 10 goals um, maybe we would have would have given him man of the match uh, after that because you know it's it's um, unfortunately a rarity that we don't see players kicking 10 goals in a game like we did back in the early 90s um, but uh yeah, Boke's role in winning us the game by halftime was um, incredible, and and he's he's just off to he's off to a good start, a, a great start again. He's going to have a three Brownlow votes already, surely from that game. And um, if we win, um, you know, any at a minimum of fifteen games this year, I can imagine. Um, and look, I'm I'm hoping we go on to you know sixteen, seventeen, eighteen wins this year and finish that top of the table. And um, if, we, if we're winning that many games. Boke's probably going to be a big part of a lot of them, and and he'll be on his way to um, being right up there in the Brownlow again, and um, and yeah, just a credit to him, and we and we need to um, as Port Adelaide fans appreciate. Um, I know, look, most most do, but I, I mean truly appreciate him and, and recognise that he's um you know he's gonna if he has a fit year this year, um at a high level he's gonna break three hundred games and become the all time you know leader in games played. Um, at the AFL level for, for Port Adelaide, and we need to appreciate um, that he is uh, he is one of the all time greats now, um, undoubtedly, and and will go down as that. And look, um, he does, like you know and the well the fortunate part for Port Adelaide is we have a lot of all time greats in our history, and a lot of them have flags, and that's the one thing. And and look, but Boke's chasing it, and he's chasing it hard, and he know he knows he knows that's um, you know he's got he's got a hunger and a drive for that, and that's going to be. 
a big thing for us too. It's a very mutually beneficial want that we want that as fans and, and Boke wants that for it to kind of complete his um, legacy as a, as a great, um, you know, one club man and someone who um, very easily could have left a few years back when um, when he was being chased and, and a lot of players have left when they've had that chase on from Geelong. But um, he, he stayed with us and um, he's un- undoubtedly... Um, a true man of Port Adelaide and someone we all um, need to really appreciate, really just make sure to just really watch him these last few, whatever, however long his career goes for, just just appreciate those performances because he's playing at a level that you don't see too many people of his age um, get to. And um, and he's there. He's in he's in Brownlow medal form at a, as a 32, 33-year-old. And that's... Um, that's a rarity, and um, and yeah, really, really enjoy it. Um, and let's um, and it's like I said, mutually beneficial for us as we're hunting that flag this year. All right, Erazio Fantasia. Oh, fuck, I'm not going to try to do the commentator thing. Um, I'm just going to enjoy it and be excited. But what a what a start for the for the um, you know, one of the probably bigger recruits we've had in the last few years as far as a trade. I mean, we've, we've had some big trades, you know, Paddy Ryder and, um, and Charlie Dixon. and, and uh, But, yeah, Orazio being that it's been kind of a couple of years because it, you know, it came up a few, couple of years ago and he almost, you know, it was, you know, he wants to go back to Adelaide and Port Adelaide in particular. It didn't happen. And then last year it was down to the last day and, you know, Essendon asking for, um, you know, frankly, I think I talked about it in the pre the off-season stuff. Um, yeah, frankly, stupid um, trade Returns for him, but in the in the end, we essentially got him for a, tw- a pick of twenty nine. And um, if you ever had a pick twenty nine and come in and make their debut for you and and kick four goals and look like that, you'd be you'd be calling it a steal. So he is a steal with how good he looks. Um, and we all knew we had it because we've all seen the highlights because he was one of those players that just was a highlight player. We saw him on the news. We saw him in the you know yeah, AFL whatever AFL shows you watch and. And obviously the BT calls of him, he was just one of those players that got that kind of attention. And so I've seen plenty of him and know what he's got. And um, the injuries aside from the last few years, um, we can see that um, he's happy again. One thing is he's home, he's happy, and he's playing. And you know the the mental side of um, this game is uh, can't be undoubted. And um, you know, if anyone, I I implore everyone to, by the way, just as a side note, quickly here. To read that article about Charlie Dixon um, and his his struggles over the past few years and what he's done to get through it and all that stuff, really go back and read. I think it was on the Advertiser on Friday or Saturday. Um, no, it was in the SA Weekender magazine that's in the Advertiser. Whatever it was, what, read that article. It's wonderful. Um, great stuff, Charlie, for opening up like that and really um, and really shining a light on how important mental health is. To um, you know, it doesn't matter who you are. You could be a big bloke that looks as intimidating as Charlie Dixon and uh, on the field and. But you know we're, we've all got um, hearts and souls that um, need taken care of. So wonderful um, story there. But yeah, you know, Arazio said that he he needed to, he wanted to come home to be able to heal and and you know it was mainly he just wanted to feel comfortable and and recuperating and and getting back to some form and be happy, being happy and centered. Um, and for, good for us because happy and centered Arazio means four goals on debut and um, probably could have been six or seven. Um, you know I think it was. Uh, I think five and debut might be the record, and I can't remember. There was a there was a tweet about it. I should look it up while I'm chatting away, see if I can find it in my likes. Um, but you know, it's um, yeah, four goals and debut. I think was one off of um, one of the great the the best debut for Port Adelaide. Um, I think I think David Roden um had three goals and debut as as well, which is a nice, interesting one considering um, David <laughs> David Roden watched. 
a bunch of those goals go over his head. Ah, here we go. Sir Swamp Thing on Twitter. Most goals report in club debut. Five was Jared Schofield. He's the only one that's hit kick five on debut. Interesting. And it's wonderful that Jared Schofield was there on the day as a coach. Um, then four was uh, Fantasia was next in line. And then there's a bunch of players on three, which is... Um, I'll just read them out while we're here. Shake Ocker, two Collins, Charlie Dixon, Sam Gray, Angus Monfries, David Roden, Jack Watts, and Justin Westhoff all kicked three goals on debut for Port Adelaide. So, but Orazio, four goals on debut. Um, there alone on the list, um, just behind Jared Schofield with five. Um, I think I remember actually that Jared Schofield game. I remember thinking, you know, as a young man, I was like, man, this guy's kicked five on debut. He's going to be the best player ever. Um, he was wonderful for us anyway. Um, but yeah, Orazio with four on debut. Missed probably a couple that he, he could have um, any other day. You know, there's one that he uh, on the kind of bit bit more severe than a 45 degree angle. But if he just uh, probably hugged it to the the left post, um, probably would have kicked it. And the, a couple of others that just. But yeah, he, great great day. Um, and again, when the game was there to be won, was when he really lit it up. Um, in that second quarter, he kicked a couple there and um, just looked lively. Um, great. He, Great marking ability, um, which we know, but it's 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 incredible that he's he's just pre- presents another real marking target as well as well as just being an incredibly talented small forward, and it's just um you could see how much more dynamic a forward line is with um with Charlie again just by um you know looking like he's at his form from last year. You know he, he wasn't Charlie wasn't the menacing f- um. Uh, presence that he he was at times last year, but he didn't actually need to be, which is really um, is a good thing because he could just he was <laughs> he was able to he, he was finding more space there, and you know I'll get to that Zach Butters um, mesmerizing kind of drawing the defense and then handball handballing off to Charlie for a little snap around the corner for a goal, and but um, you know the forward line looks so much more dynamic with and there's just Arazio in there, and then you've got Robbie Gray in there that's just being able to pop up and take marks and then kick the little chip ones over to Bo as I talked about with my uh, one of the plays of the day earlier. So, but yeah, Ratio just his his hand his skills by hand um by foot um and it's just his quickness and tenacity and 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 he's got that special something, you know, that stuff that we love seeing Gr- Robbie do. Um Ratio kind of has that, that that quality to him too. He's just his hands are always moving and it's it's like a talent it's like a you know, Kyrie Irving with the ball um, in, in, in the NBA is just someone who can do special things with the ball at hand and he just, he sees the game in a different way and you could see that um, quality that Orazio has as well. Um, it's a, it's another one of my plays of the day, which I'll play play for you right now. Um, this goal, um, I'll briefly describe it because you're just going to hear the audio. Where Charlie, it comes in and it's in the th- uh, fourth, uh, in the third quarter um, where uh, it's Orazio's fourth goal of the day. Um, where Charlie, it comes in and Charlie kind of, it comes up, up to in, up to Charlie and he's able to, he kind of rucks it down into, and, and in a very deliberate move and palms it down into the path of Orazio where Orazio kind of, he and it, he can't take it in hand straight away because he's probably going to get tackled. So he, he kind of, he taps it in front of him and, and but in such a slick move that he taps it in front of him and then runs onto it and he's able to grab the ball in the next move. And then kick the goal, and it's just such a wonderful move because it shows the dynam- dynamism of our of our forward line in that moment. That, that you've got Charlie, who um, w- when the option isn't there for him to mark the ball, he wasn't going to be able to mark it. Um, although with his big mitts and those one-handed grabs he was able to take last year, if he had a go, he might have might have pulled it off. But he saw the opportunity, and that and the the percentage of the moment was if I can get this in front of Arazio for him to run onto, it's going to be a high percentage chance at a, at, at a major, and and that's exactly what happened here. Young got there late with a fist, but knocked it central. Orazio Fantasia, huge first half. Might have a big second half too. 
Orazio's got four. So much pace at ground level. Just so much pace at ground level, Port Adelaide. Right across the board. It's just bloody wonderful how they can... Just that, and that's the kind of thing that we can um, really, you know, in our first game of the year, and you can see seeing the guys that are working like this, and it's been a you know minimal preseason because of the, the 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 lasting effects of the COVID season we had last year. So you know, having as much game time in in preseason to really get this stuff going, but you can just see that that the level of talent we've got, they can figure out what they're doing on the fly, and um, beyond that rusty first quarter, and, and I don't even know if it's exactly rusty. It's just that they were. They had to absorb those punches, as I said earlier. It's like a prize fight, and you know you're well advanced as far as your fighting skills, but you've still got to be able to take the punch from the young up and coming with nothing to lose. Um, it's always hard, be harder being hunted than being the hunter because you've got you've you've got things that you can lose, and that's what we did. But you know, got like guys like Horatio are just a, such a special addition to our squad because it just fills out just another. You know, there's the one thing that was missing last year, some of that forward line dynamism at times when the going got tough. And we haven't seen what the going gets tough looks like yet with this forward line, but you can already see that there's going to be a lot more for um, the best defences in the league to deal with that they weren't having to deal with last year. Um, all, all going well and all staying fit and knock on wood, I'm going to be hitting this table a lot this year um, with my knock on wood every, every week when I say things like that um, to get used to it, but... You know, wonderful debut from Maurizio and, um, you know, he stays on the field again, knock on wood. Um, we're going to be looking at a special season from for him. You know, if he's popping up with two or three goals a game like that, um, then he's going to have it. He's going to have a nice little total at the end of the season for himself. Um, you know, he's, he's the, right up there in the Coleman after week one. Um, but, you know, he's, he's going to, the opportunity is going to come for him. If uh, the way we're moving the ball um, was, you know, there's just the opportunity is going to be a plenty for him this year if um, he's popping up in those positions and, um, and we're getting the space like we were. Um, like I said, most, we're not going to be kicking 17 goals every every game against every team, but um, ah, maybe we will. You know, who knows? This team's special, so it could be happening. One more thing on Arazio too. His first goal was really um, wonderful too. It was um, a, and a perfect um, kind of blend of what of what we're doing in defense as far as our, as far as our um, the athletic defense that we have and the got what the guys are doing and trying to press up high and. And cut some of those, cut the entries, um, you know, cut the cut the attack of the other team before it really even gets going. And you have um, Orazio's first goal come from in, like an inboard kick to the to the corridor from um, I can't think of who the North Melbourne player who was that kicked it or nor who he was kicking to, but um, it was you know Darcy Burn Jones come comes flying there and cuts off the kick and then keeps moving, um, you know, keeps the ball moving quickly and plays on. And he gets it to Orazio, who um, kind of takes it on the run and then runs to about 50. And he did have an inboard kick that he could take. And Zach Butters was in about, you know, 40 out, um, more or less directly in front, calling for the bowl. Um, but I, I love that I love the, the Orazio was like, no, I'm going to take this. take this." And, you know, he's, he's played plenty of games at Marvel and probably knows that it felt very comfortable, which is a great way to, for him to debut before he comes back to comes back for his Adelaide Oval debut to actually get his first game in Fort Colours at, at a stadium that he knows really well and, and have such a start. But... Yeah, he took the ball and just inside fifty and slotted one from you know you know kind of forty five, um, forty five angle fifty out, just um, calm, cool, calm, collected and, and and a great way to kind of kick your first goal on the run, just that flowing flowing mo- flowing movement from um, intercepting in the in the in the corridor there and just and getting it down you know two kicks and goal from the from the intercept is just a I think it was I think it was Darcy straight to Orazio and then goal. Um, if there's a if there's a some some something I've missed in the middle there, I apologise, but that's just how I remember it in, in my head. 
Um, so yeah, just a wonderful, wonderful start. And that was his first goal, and he finished it off that fourth goal, being that um, that uh, um, yeah, tap from Dixon down into his path, and 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 yeah, like I said, he could have had a couple more there at the end because he kicked his fourth early in the third, and there was a couple more chances, but missed them. But you know, he, <laughs> he's kicking four goals on debut, and and really, by the time he kicked his fourth goal, we kicked him out of the contest, and everything else after that was going to be gravy. So. Um, no gravy, but um, everything else, you know, good good old bowl of lovely fries with some chicken salt, just didn't quite get the gravy on top with the, <laughs> the, the, the fifth and sixth goals that looked very much likely at one point. But, you know, I'm, I'm nitpicking there. Not a lot on offer. Goes back inside to Scott, turns it over. Burn Jones. They might get burnt on the way back here. Hands it up to Fantasia. First goal for Port Adelaide. All right, I got one. I got one more kind of play of the day that, I, that I've got in my mind because I just loved this moment. It kind of um, aesthetically, I love it when um, a player draws multiple defenders because of just you know the respect that the player has for what they can do. And Butters um, entering his third year now, we we know how quick he is of mind, of feet, of hand, of skill, um, and what he can do quickly with the ball. And and that doesn't even look possible sometimes. You know that volley goal in the showdown last year, and and some of those goals that he just he just grabs the ball out of the air and has it on the foot before, um, you know. Again, there's some kind of there's some kind of space time continuum thing going on there with how how quickly he can get it because it's um, it's um, un- unreal what he can do sometimes with how quick he is with the w- his decision making, what he how he can get the ball ball to boot. Um, but he did have one great goal that one that he dribbled through from a pretty tight angle from probably twenty twenty five, um, and just and just sized it up and dribbled it through. And those can go very badly if you don't get. But he got that. That was. That was textbook about getting the right bend, getting the ball on the ground with the right spin on the ball and the right angle. So it just turns into the goal, and that was really nice. But that's not the one I'm talking about. The one I love, um, and it's not even about its goal, but it's um, when he kind of takes the ball on the boundary, really tight in the pocket there, um, you know, five, ten meters along from the point post. And he uh, he's he kind of he takes the ball and he's looking back inward, and you've got like two and. Um, no, three North Melbourne defenders kind of come into picture, kind of, kind of like Maradona against the England defense in '86. Um, and he's just—they're he, all looking at him, but then they're kind of stationary because they don't want to commit because then he's going to do something. But then they kind of stand there, and then suddenly Charlie Dixon's just over the top, completely free in space, and he's just—he's able to slip a handball through, and Dixon just turns around, snaps a nice, nice little finish, tidy finish, and Dixon gets his one of his goals goals for the day. But it's such a wonderful play and, and shows what happens when you when you have such talented players like that on the field. Um, sometimes you don't even have to do anything much apart from just be there with the ball in hand for the opposition to kind of, that structure to break down a little bit because they're not exactly sure what to do. And being an inexperienced side like North Melbourne, at a time when the game was starting to get away from them, that's probably just, it's just all, um, you know, compounding multitude of effects that came into that moment but it's just such a beautiful thing to watch as a Port fan and, and seeing the kind of the respect that Butters has from the competition already and he's still God knows where this kid's ceiling is but I don't think there is one um, it's whatever he wants it to be but he's already such a special talent and um, what, what he did in that moment and just and it wasn't even much really um, in the grand scheme of what but, the Butters highlights really across the years will be uh, littered with um, amazing goals and handballs and 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 movements out of the pack and all those things, but that was just one of those simple ones where it just showed kind of the the level of player he is and 
and what he and his his, his skill with the hand to pick up the ball on the sideline first of all, and then and then kind of draw that defender those defenders and then get the ball out to a real slick handball out to Charlie for him just to have a simple kick around the body and, and goal and onwards the barrage continues. Butter. He pulls it low. Dixon, forward pocket. Butters kicked one miracle goal already. He mesmerised them, gave it back to Charlie, and Charlie finishes. All right, so we could, we've talked plenty about the attack. Um, I don't have too much really to say about the defensive effort on the day. I thought it was um, it was reasonable without you know Lear um, a, a good debut. It wasn't um, it wasn't like the the um, you know, the best on ground performance we saw in that um, Amy Community Series game was um, unreal, and he was he was carrying the ball forward freely, but that was partly because the Crows were just standing there and letting him go. Um, he did have he was tested. He he had his first AFL test, and you know there was a few times where a player would get you know get behind him and uh, and take a mark, and but his role is um, he plays a lot of roles, and he's going to be um, you know there's a little bit in learning the structures still there and you could just see that things were but all in all um you know the team defense and the athleticism of our defense nullified a lot of chances for you know North Melbourne bringing it in and just suddenly you've got guys like peeling off their their guy and and, and doubling up and and because of the athleticism and the speed of our defense um it did nullify a lot of threats and I thought you know there's a couple of times where they you know and it, but in the first quarter when the game was there that still like really hot um you know, we didn't give up, give up too many golden chances just because of the the whole team structure was really good. So, um, you know, it was a good debut from Alia again. Like, not not perfect. Um, not not the um just the peerless performance he had in that Amy Community Series game. But I didn't have too much, too many problems with it. Um, Cleary, um, great hundredth game and congrats congrats to Tommy. He's one of those unsung heroes that kind of come into the side a few years ago and um was you know he kind of came in and you're like oh yeah okay Tom Cleary I guess he's getting a few games and. He just hasn't left the side since, you know. <laughs> He's one of those guys that's just so reliable, and and he took another big mark on on the day. I think later on in the game, and just his um his athletic ability is um is sometimes you forget about it, but um he's just really really good, and um you know we're lucky to have him um you know play his hundredth game here, and um here's the next hundred because um he's uh going to be around for a little while yet, and um and and we're really just lucky to have this this group of defenders um and just. A lot of unsung heroes that are also um, that are actually you know really talented beyond just being you know defenders. They can um, they play the the entire Port Adelaide structure is built around that defence doing their job and starting off the attack. And you know with guys like um, you know Burn Jones and um, and and Bergman as well. Um, a great. I was really happy with his de- debut. Um, he looks the part. Um, didn't there was not too much about his game that that looked screened rookie playing his first game ever um his first is AFL debut um he was really poised with a few of his moves um again that got that goal that end-to-end one started with him um you know he had a kick and then a handball receive and pass on again in the movement and he ran from about the the his um the goal square up until about midfield before before the the move um you know progressed beyond him but um you know a really a really great debut from him we've got a special one and Bergman as well um, but yeah, no, the, the defensive effort, especially when the game was there to be won again, that, that crucial period late in that second quarter, you know, the, the, the Roos didn't get through us, you know, I think they, I mean, they were at two goals, four at quarter time and three goals, six at half time. So when the game was there to be won, defense stood up as well. And, 
and um and then we're able to manage the game onwards from there and um you know the the Gurus did try to um have a couple of little runs and a couple of goals in a row but then we locked it down again and and kind of kept on with this um percentage boosting um win because you know it's crazy you know a 52 point win doesn't seem like much um especially when you're playing a team that's um uh you know kind of people are thinking might be a wooden spoon contender but then it, it's it's ended up with us at the top of the table at the end of the round so it's uh and again, it's because there was a couple of teams that were expected to win comfortably that didn't even win. Um, you know, again, uh, we started talking about a bit of Geelong Crows as a as a um, as a warning sign to what we, we could expect as if we didn't do the right things in our game. And um, you know, that was that's one of those teams that you would have th- you would have thought Geelong might be um, battling or battling for the the percentage boosting win, but they didn't even, they didn't even get the points at all. So um, yeah, to do the job. It's it's all about getting the job done in round one, particularly when you're playing a, te- a team that um, isn't fancied, um, but is going to have a couple of debutants in there and a couple of new draft picks and and a, and a big big list changeover in the off season as well as the Kangaroos did have. Um, you just got to get the job done. Um, that's probably the really theme of this podcast was getting the getting the job done in round one and and they did um, and they got it done uh, beautifully. Um, showed some good signs as to w- the kind of brand of footy we're looking at playing with these. These new recruits in there, along with the mixture of um of what we've built on, built on from last year with the guys that were here last year doing, um getting almost getting the job done last year, and um you know there's just a lot of a lot of things to be excited about with the the brand of footy we played on the weekend and the and the excitement that we played with and the the freedom that we played with um there's a free, there's a there's a uh, there's a style to our footy and it's uh, that's really special to experience too is when you when you can kind of watch your team and be entertained and also and also happy, you know. There's plenty of teams around the world sometimes in different sports that play really good really good brands of whatever they're doing, you know, whether it's um, you know, a good uh, an exciting NBA team that can barely hit five hundred in the in the in the standings or, you know, you know, Premier League teams that can win that can score four goals but sometimes will give up five, you know. Um that's it's exciting but you're not gonna win championships that way. But what we've what we've got on the table is a is a brand of footy that both is exciting and has some flair to it, but is also grounded in in, in a structure that um, that um, is you know really really places an importance on um, on kicking winning scores and uh, and reducing it at the other team's capacity to score. So it's a it's a very good blend of defence and attack, and and it's just wonderful to see. And um, the the brand of footy we're playing this this year is just going to be really exciting, I think. And I'm um, um, yeah. Can't can't wait to see what's see what's coming. Um, yeah, that's about it for the for this review. Um, I'll probably get a bit more structure to them as I'm going throughout the year, but I'm just getting used to talking to myself in a podcast. Really, I'm going to get get people on um, as as this progresses. But at the moment, just with the schedules and trying to do this podcast at all, all odd hours of the day, um, it's often just it's easier for myself just to do it. And I'm getting used to talking to myself. Um, I don't like hearing my own voice too much, but um, for the purpose of the podcast, I'll do it. Um, and I do just love talking about Port Adelaide footy, so that makes it easy. Um, yeah, so that's about it for the review. I did want to say that in my preview, I did say I hoped for at least a six-goal win. I thought it might be around nine goals, so 52-point win. Um, I was pretty on point. I'm not going to get... I'm probably going to get some drastically wrong this year, so I'll take the little wins when I can. So, <laughs> yeah, it's not me It's not me blowing my own trumpet. I'll happily admit that I'm going to fuck it up more than I'll get it right, but... I'll take the little wins when I can. If I predict nine goals and we win by fifty-two, I'll take that's. I may not get any closer than that for years. So, um, yeah, really happy with that one. Just really happy with the performance and um, getting the job done. Week one, that's all you can ask for. And we're top of the table after week one. So, 
um, can't ask for a better, more, more better platform to build on than that. So um, Essendon coming this week. I'll get a preview out and um, uh, probably uh, late Thursday. Probably it'll it'll drop somewhere in there or um, early Friday morning, sort of give you a day to consume that um, before we get into um, Adelaide Oval. But really excited. Um, we'll probably be looking to. I'll repeat this on the Essendon podcast, but I guess if you listen to this one and you get into the game, we'll, we're um, we're going to get down to the uh, Adelaide Oval area around lunchtime on Saturday. So probably, we'll probably be tweeting a bit. I'll um, have enjoying a few frothies and um, just getting keen for the first day back at Adelaide Oval, um, particularly for the other better half of the Creed. She hasn't been there since 2019 after being stuck overseas last year. So... Um, a special day for both of us to get back there together. Um, something we both in- love doing and enjoy doing. So, um, yeah, if you see us, if you see tweets about where we are or whatever, feel free to come up and say good day and um, have a beer with us or or a softy or whatever you, whatever you're looking for. Um, yeah, we'll be just uh, keen to keen to enjoy um, our first day back at Adelaide Oval this year for the first of many wins at home and um, and uh, just uh, enjoy being around a, a fellow Port Adelaide people. But. Yeah, that's the end of the review for week one. Um, Got the job done. Let's keep moving.